listening to Game On DC, your home for local gaming and esports news in the DMV. Find the show on social media at Game On DC and by using the hashtag GoDC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, John and Joey. What's up, DMV? Welcome to Game On DC, the podcast dedicated to you, the gamers and esport fanatics, right here in the East Coast capital of esports. My name is John, and I am joined by the one and the only, yes, it is the king of the courtside, Joey. What's up, buddy? John, life is great, finally. I feel like the beginning of 2020 has been a little rough for both of us. Uh, between travel and all that, which is nice and holidays, but then the rough part is being sick. You and I have been sick on and off. I've had Achilles issues. I've had colds. We've had sore throats. Uh, not from each other, contrary to belief, and we have not given it to anyone digitally. Uh, Squirsel, if you're listening. Uh, but overall, John, I think we just need to apologize for the audience. It's been a couple weeks since we've been recording. Now that we're in 2020, now that we're feeling much better, this is going to be a much more regular show moving forward. And I don't know about you, Joey. I am going to blame you for me getting sick. Uh, I feel like you did get sick before I did. So just by, uh, no, no, by, no, by, sir. By that was the other way law, around. By 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 natural <laughs> lie, believe uh, you did make myself and everyone else sick in the DMV area, which is which is not very nice, Joey. Uh, that is not how that happened, sir. But. <laughs> With that being said, the DMV scene has been growing, John. There's been a lot of fun events. I've really enjoyed this past couple weeks. Um, again, it's been sad that we haven't been able to record, but at the same point, just watching the DMV continue to grow in esports, I feel like 2020 is going to be a great year. So let's kick 2020 off the right way with a friendly reminder that if you do enjoy Game On DC, we would be honored if you would leave us a review on your respective podcatcher of choice. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Now, with that out of the way, Joey, let's kick 2020 off with Around the Gaming Beltway. What's happening in the DMV? John, kicking things off Around the Gaming Beltway, like you asked, February 8th through the 9th is our next big event that we see coming up, and that is Superflex, the minor circuit at the game gym. All are welcome, but the event is targeted toward a youth crowd, so 18 and under for the most part. But again, they're not going to turn anyone away, so if you are interested, check it out. The location, again, is the Game Gym in Rockville, Maryland, and you can register by going to smash.gg forward slash superflex. And if you are an internet cafe or a gaming center or a tournament organizer in general, let us know about your events. We'd love to advertise them on the show. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. It's probably the best place to hit find us. Uh, we also have an email as well, but start on Twitter, and that is at GameOnDC. And last but not least, be sure to check out our local gaming center's websites and social media accounts as well, as they have regularly scheduled events throughout the week. So we do have big events like Superflex here, but there are also many other events that happen throughout the week at these centers. Those centers do include... The Cave Gaming Center in Fairfax, Virginia. Hunter MPC Gaming Lounge in Annandale, Virginia. Tech Time Gaming Lounge in Woodbridge, Virginia. iBattle Esports PC Gaming in Centerville, Virginia. Xanadu Games at Laurel Park, Maryland. And of course, the Game Gym in Rockville, Maryland. So definitely check those out, guys. All right, Joey, up next, let's head on over to the Community Spotlight. Uh, the event I want to highlight here just for a few moments was an event that happened a couple weeks ago, but, but we feel like it was a major step in the right direction for esports in the DMV area, especially for this title. That title, of course, being FIFA uh, in this year's edition, FIFA 20. Uh, Joey, the Virginia Youth Soccer Association uh, made the big jump into esports a couple weeks ago with their first ever in-person esport event hosted uh, at Tech Time Gaming Lounge in Woodbridge, Virginia. You and I both had the honor of shoutcasting that event. It was an absolutely fantastic event. Our good friends uh, over at Esports Fair Play, Pat, uh, and the VYSA uh, put on an, an amazing event. Uh, the stream was was a lot of fun. We had a lot of great interactions uh, through chat. Had a ton of viewership. 
Uh, but Joey, for an organization to jump into esports, especially a youth organization, when there may still be some of that negative stigma with esports, uh, kind of mixing its way into the traditional sports scene, VYSA wasn't afraid to take that leap. And you know, I kind of want your opinion here just a little bit. You know, what was your reaction to just the massive turnout that we got for this event, not just in person, but online in the digital world? Yeah, I think that's one of the big things here. Like you said, taking that chance, taking that opportunity to jump into esports, be one of the first ones. You're going to get some flack from people, especially the traditional sports side. But then you're also going to get a lot of traditional sports sides like you and myself who are also very much into the esports side as well. Now, with VYSA, they're a youth soccer organization. They have a lot of connections already in the youth side of soccer uh, as a travel soccer club. Why not see if any of those kids are interested in also playing esports? You can't, like, there is not, I think one of the biggest stigmas out there is that you can only do one. You can only play soccer on the field or you can only play FIFA. Well, news alert, friends. A lot of those kids that are playing soccer on the field are also playing soccer on their home console, whether it be a PlayStation, whether it be an Xbox, whether it be a Nintendo Switch. So I think one of the big things that VYSA is doing here is saying, hey, we want you on the field virtually and in person. We want to give you those opportunities. If you want to play on both, now you have the opportunity to do so with our organization. I think that is a huge, huge key in this. It's not them choosing one over the other. It's not saying, hey, stop exercising, come play video games. It's purely saying, if you want to do both, now you have the opportunity. Or maybe you're only interested in FIFA. Maybe this is the way that eventually moves you to play traditional soccer as well. I think there are a lot of things that are in behind this, and there are a lot of different parts of this that people don't realize up front. So, Joey, VYSA makes that huge gamble. They do their first in-person event. Uh, I don't think anybody can say it was anything else but a huge success for them. Uh, just the impact that they saw on social media, the amount of viewers that we, uh, they pulled in on stream uh, would definitely back up a uh, you know every statement saying that this was a very successful event. So I just want to talk, talk a little bit now about the results at Tech Time Gaming uh, because it's kind of interesting. Uh, we've talked about this player before on the show. We've had him on the show before as well. Renato, uh, uh, who was with DC United last year as our first ever EMLS player, uh, DC United decided not to renew his contract going into season three of EMLS. It did go a different direction with King CJ uh, signing him for as their second EMLS pro. Uh, but Renato still active in the FIFA scene, came out and competed in this event in the adult circuit and ends up going home, taking that first overall prize. Uh, over another mainstay here in the DMV FIFA scene, Reckless Ghost. A very exciting tournament leading up to a very exciting final with what everyone would assume with the FIFA Pro essentially winning, coming out on top against Reckless Ghost in a very strong uh, finals match here in the FIFA 20 Cup. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the FIFA scene, especially in the DMV, it has grown so much. A lot of credit going to Pat over at Esports Fair Play for that. He has really nurtured this scene and continued to help it grow. Uh, Trevor as well with Capital Underground has done a good job with FIFA tournaments. And now we also have the event between um, Esports Fair Play and the game gym, Footies. So there are so many different good, strong FIFA competitors being grown in the DMV area. And now you have VYSA here out of Fredericksburg. That area just continues to expand. It's in Maryland. It's D.C. It's in Virginia. It's closer to Richmond now with Fredericksburg. Like, who knows where this scene will end? I mean, Richmond might have the opportunity to jump in here as well. Just continue expanding that FIFA scene. And as it expands, you're going to get more and more players as these events continue to be more and more regular, uh, which I really think VYSA will stick with this because I feel like the first turnout was very good. So if they continue to stick with this, it's just going to grow and grow and grow. 
Same thing with all these other organizers. So eventually I could see us having more like cross really organizational FIFA tournaments like eSports Fair Play presents a team up against VYSA or maybe VYSA goes the Virginia soccer route and has different soccer clubs jump into tournaments. So there's just so much potential for FIFA in the area. And I feel like this with different organizations, especially with the power of VYSA jumping in here, it really presents many opportunities for FIFA players as well as the FIFA scene to grow in the DMV. VYSA coming out on top with this major event. Uh, so hopefully this will lead to more in-person events with VYSA. Uh, the rumors we have heard suggest that they are definitely leaning in that direction after that very successful event. So uh, big congratulations to VYSA on their first in-person event. Uh, and really putting on an amazing show at Tech Time Gaming Lounge. Uh, and you know, from what we've heard from the competitors and, and feedback from people who watched, it was very entertaining. People tuned in from all over uh, the, the United States. Really, I, I can't really break down if we had any, any, me, any international viewers there. But uh, you know, they had at one point over 550 uh, viewers watching at one time, which is a, a massive number for your first ever stream. A lot of youth organizations who are possibly interested in going that eSport route, that competitive gaming route, uh, tuning in to see, hey, is this something that maybe we can do? So VYSA leading the charge for youth organizations, jumping into the eSports scene, and they're doing it right here in our own backyard in the DMV. Absolutely amazing. And a few last shout-outs there as well. Shout-out to VYSA, a great first event to kick off the year, um, especially for an in-person event. I'm excited to see what they have coming. Uh, Shout-out to Esports Fair Play for organizing the players as well. They were wonderful. Also, Tech Time for hosting a really good event overall. Like John said, the stats speak for themselves. This organization looks very solid, and I'm so excited for the DMV FIFA scene to continue to grow with them. And, Joey, with that, let's jump over to the Capitol Coliseum where we highlight our local esports scene uh, first up, Joey, we are at the time of this recording about one month away from the first homestand for Washington Justice and the Overwatch League here in D.C. It's going to take place at the Anthem on the Wharf in D.C. That is going to be February 22nd and 23rd. The tension is there. The hype is there. I know a lot of people in the DMV are excited. There's a ton of hype around this event, Joey, and I couldn't be more excited for Overwatch and having these homestands in local cities. Joey, we're not going to have to fly out to L.A. to have to watch Overwatch League during the regular season. It is going to be right here in D.C., not just the weekend of the 22nd and 23rd of February, but we're going to have in total five homestands in Season 3 for the Washington Justice. Absolutely. It's going to be such a fun event, and guys, they are still selling tickets, so if you're still looking for a ticket, go check them out. And guys, if you are still looking for a ticket, tickets are still being sold. It's going through Ticketmaster. Go ahead and check those out. Get them while they are still available. Washington Justice Homestands, like John said, there's five of them. To give you guys the weekends, it is February 22nd through the 23rd, March 7th through the 8th, April 4th through the 5th. All of those will be at the Anthem. And then after that, we move over to the Entertainment and Sports Arena. That'll be May 30th through the 31st and June 20th through the 21st. So definitely check those out, guys. And John, on top of that, we have a great roster. We've returned three players from last year who performed very well, especially in Stage 4. The Washington Justice being one of the best teams in all of Stage 4 
getting snubbed from the playoff opportunity because of the way the scoring works in the Overwatch League. But they are back. It is Season 3. They are new. They are refreshed. We still have those three players, but we have a lot of other talent coming in as well. To look at the roster in the support position, we have Ark and Aim God. Aim God coming in from the Boston Uprising. He was a player that got benched with the Uprising. A lot of people were unsure why he got benched. There's speculation out there about everything, whether it be injuries, whether it be uh, off-the-field issues in a sense. Uh, so there's all different things out there. He seems like a great player mechanically. I'm excited to see him play. The Justice have faith in them as they have no support subs. So we will be seeing Ark and Aim God at least for the majority of Stage 1. I have a feeling they'll stay with them. I think they want to continue to build synergy with a smaller team. On top of that, in the tank role, we have Elivote and we have Lulshish coming in, the Swedish duo from Team Envy. This duo is so exciting, John. Uh, they were fun to watch on Angry Titans in the EU contender scene. Then they went to Team Envy. Now we have them coming here to the Washington Justice, getting their opportunity in the main league. Uh, these two have been together since birth, it feels like, as a Swedish duo. They're extremely good, and they work very well off of each other synergy-wise. Kind of like you and I on podcast, you know? Eh, eh? And backing them up, we have Roar as well coming in from the Los Angeles Gladiators which he previously worked with the coach as well. So there's some synergy there as far as relationships. He seems like a very talented player, and I think he's going to do a great job backing these two up. Over to the DPS role, we return Corey and Stratus, the Widowmaker of the league in Corey, and then Stratus as well with great Farrah play last season. I'm excited to see both of them come back, and they are backed up by a young sensation, a phenom, some would say, in Tuba. John, I really like this roster. A lot of people in preseason rankings are ranking them somewhere around the 15 to 8 position. A lot of them, I think, average out on the 10 to 12 range. So I'm personally going to take the upper on that. I think they are going to do better than that. I think this is a playoff team this year. Yeah, I think the one thing that has carried over from their inaugural season last year in Season 2 of Overwatch League is that people are still sleeping on this team. You know, they, they come into Overwatch League in, in Season 2, and they get stuck in the middle of by far one of the worst comps. And I'm not going to say video game history, but it's pretty up there. Goat's comp was not fun. Uh, you have players playing in off rolls. I mean, you had Corey playing tanks like Zarya. It just made no, no sense whatsoever having a player you brought in for DPS playing on a tank position. It, it was these really random comps. And then all of a sudden, Overwatch League did something that I would argue a good majority of the scene wanted, and that was a 2-2-2 rollout. Two tanks, two DPS, two healers. That kind of, you know, makes those DPS players who were signed to play DPS, allows them to play DPS. Weird concept, right? And Corey and Stratus absolutely popped off in Stage 4 last season. That's what I'm expecting to see. Like, this game hasn't changed so incredibly much that Corey and Stratus won't be able to, to perform like they did in Stage 4. Yeah, other rosters have changed as well. Other organizations have brought in new players. You know, the, the chemistry and the dynamic on these other teams are going to be the biggest wild card. But when you have a duo like Corey and Strats with that synergy from Season 2 coming into Season 3, that's going to be huge. Art coming back. A support player can who already has that chemistry with Corey and Stratus. And Joey, you hit on it. Elevote and Lulsesh, the chemistry that they have from essentially... Being born at the hip, it feels like back in Sweden, you know, playing soccer together and now playing esports together. You know, it, it just the chemistry on this team you cannot ignore. You can't ignore what this team was able to do 
in stage four. Now, there are some other shows out there on the internet. I'm not going to point fingers or name names, but there was a show that recently uh, aired a couple days ago that is completely brushing off the Washington Justice, and, it, and it's, a, it's a show that uh, a lot of people would consider affiliated with Overwatch League. They, they're completely ignoring the Justice again. And they completely ignored him in stage four. And what did the Justice do? They came in and they absolutely popped off. The Justice are going to have to prove people wrong again. And we saw what they were able to do last year. They have the chemistry. Yeah, they're going to need to get Roar, Tuba, and Aim God in there as well. And kind of work everyone into that flow. They, they got to get that chemistry going. A lot of these players are already in the D.C. area. Uh, they're already doing you know media interviews. They're already doing... Uh, advertisements and marketing pieces for the justice. They're getting familiar with the city. Uh, Corey Stratus and Ark, both, uh, pardon me, all three of them uh, became familiar with the city last year when they did a couple of visits to DC for fan events as well. Joey, I'm absolutely excited for this roster and this team going forward with the way Overwatch League is structured going into season three. I'm right there with you. This is an o this is a playoff team. This is a team that will contend not in just stage playoffs. But in the final playoffs as well at the end of the season. And Joey, if they get hot at the right time, who knows? Maybe we'll be going to watch them in the grand finals. The talent is there and pending a major shift in the meta. If they go away from a 2-2-2 format, which I don't see them doing that. But pending anything catastrophic in the way this league is run, this team is most definitely a playoff team. Right, John. The talent is 100% there. I think some of the issues with these rankings are, one, it's a very new roster. We're returning only three players. I think that leaves some hesitation. You also have two tanks that are coming up for the contender scene. So what's what are they going to perform like in the actual league? I think that's another hesitation. Then you have a coaching staff. Everyone has coaching experience, but they come from all over the place. Not many of them have worked together. So I think that's another question mark. But one big thing that I don't think anyone has really brought up yet is the travel. So... Everyone is looking at the travel like, oh, this is a huge expense for the league. It's going to cost so much money for league operations and for the teams and all that, which is true. And it's a big major factor for the organizations. But no one is really looking at the teams that actually have to travel, not from a financial standpoint, but from a playing standpoint. When you look at the Justice, they have one of the easiest travel schedules out there. They're not going overseas like crazy other teams have to. They're going to be at home for five homestands, and then they're going to be on the East Coast for most of their other matchups. When you look at that compared to everyone else, you're not really changing time zones very much either. So it's going to be a little easier because you don't have long plane rides. You're not changing time zones. And these are going to be major, major factors when it comes down to the later stages. I have a feeling is the really the terror and the grind of travel wears on people. I don't think it's going to wear on this justice team as much. So I think they're just going to get stronger as it goes on. Yeah. And the travel aspect is definitely something to, to look at, Joe. That, that is a absolutely massive factor to take in. The Justice, like, I'm sorry, the worst flight they're, they're probably going to have is a five-hour flight to the West Coast. They're not the London Spitfire having to fly internationally for every away homestand. They're not the Seoul Dynasty. They're not uh, the Shanghai Dragons. They're not any team outside of, of, of the North American continent that is going to have to fly 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15-plus hours to get to these away homestands to participate in overwatch league joey having tra having made that trip to korea and back that is easily 
a three-day need to adjust to those time zones. It is rough. It is brutal. And this is a weekly league. So you're looking at massive traveling schedules. It's almost going to be like if you're Seoul Dynasty, if you're London Spitfire, and you have back-to-back homestands in North America, there is no point in flying back home to turn around and make another international trip back. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how those teams handle it, but luckily enough for our Washington Justice, that's something they're not going to have to worry about too often as a good majority of all their events are going to take place right here in North America. So they're definitely one of the lucky teams that aren't going to have to worry too much about jet lag affecting their play. Last but not least, John, just want to take a quick look at what we are looking at for that first home stand as far as matches. Kicking things off on Saturday, February 22nd, it is the Philadelphia Fusion versus the Excelsior from New York. We have the Houston Outlaws versus the Boston Uprising. And then we have your Washington Justice up against the Paris Eternal. On to Sunday, February 23rd, it is the Houston Outlaws versus the New York Excelsior, the Philadelphia Fusion versus the Toronto Defiant, and the Washington Justice versus the London Spitfire. So, John, we have some really good matches that first weekend up against pretty strong teams, both those teams coming from EU as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how they match up against the EU talent in Paris and London. Uh, London being that team that won the first ever Overwatch League season. Since then, they've pretty much revamped their roster moving into Season 3. So much like the Justice, very few players returning to that roster as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against a previous contender who is now running a completely different roster, as well as the Paris Eternal, who is a new team entering in Season 2 as well. And just real quick, ticket prices, you can buy a full Weekend strip for these home stands for the Washington Justice at the Anthem. $75 gets you access to both days. They do have single-day tickets available. Again, check that out on Ticketmaster. Uh, so if you can only make it to one of the two days or you don't want to, or if you're not able to spend up to $75 for that cheap two-day, uh, for the cheapest two-day price point for the event at the Anthem, uh, definitely take a look at at least going one day. Uh, again, we've said it before, Joey and I, you you and I both, Joey and I, Joey, you and I had had the honor to go down to Atlanta for their homestand. We saw the passion. We felt the, the, the passion. We were a part of the passion. It was absolutely phenomenal, uh, phenomenal uh, experience down there. And guys, uh, if if that's not enough, the Anthem is an absolutely fantastic venue. Uh, so just the fact that we're putting Overwatch League in one of the country's most you know, pristine music and concert halls and event centers, really, it, it's going to be absolutely insane. There's not a bad view anywhere in the house. It's definitely worth going. Definitely check it out. Again, all those tickets available on Ticketmaster.com. Uh, again, two-day package deals, single deals. Guys, if you can make it out there, I cannot encourage you enough to at least try to attend a single day of this. It is an experience like you have never experienced before. And guys, I'm sure you've been to professional sport events before, whether it be football, basketball, soccer, baseball, something. This is very different from that because the crowd is just so much more electric at a lot of these, I feel like. When I've gone to a lot of like Nationals games and Redskins games, like it's been fun, but if it's a game that doesn't really count and there's so many games on the schedule, you really don't feel as much energy every game. If it's a rival, then yes, you get that energy. With these, because there's so many limited matches, there's only going to be five homestands here in the D.C. area. There's going to be so much energy at every single one. 
just because as you limit things, the supply, the demand, they all change. So with the supply being lower, the demand is going to be much higher, which means the energy is also going to be there. So definitely check it out, guys. No matter how many people are there, no matter what the team is playing like, the energy will be brought and you're going to want to come to at least one of these, if not more. And Joey, if that is still not enough to fill your eSport desires here in the DMV, the Washington Capitals, we touched on it before, announced the Caps Gaming Showcase. That is coming to a conclusion, at least for the the uh, first rounds prior to the knockout stages. Round 8 of the Caps Gaming Showcase online qualifier is actually taking place this weekend. That is the final round before we get to the knockout stage, which is going to take place in February. And we're about a month away, maybe just a little over a month, from the in-person eSport finale for the Caps Gaming Showcase is going to take place in Washington, D.C. Joey, we had the honor to participate in this event last year, both the eSports face-off and the Chell Classic uh, between the Caps and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, if there is one thing we can tell you is Monumental Sports Entertainment and the Washington Capitals put on an amazing event, definitely you're going to want to tune into this. If you've never seen uh, Chell eSports, it is so crazy. It is so fast-paced. It is absolutely great. But allow me to introduce a little bit of a twist. If you you may not remember, something is very unique about the Caps Gaming Showcase Online qualifier and the actual just showcase itself. Joey, this is the first time any organization is holding a 6v6 tournament. That means you're going to have someone playing forward, left wing, right wing, both defense, and yes, Someone is going to be manually controlling the goalie in the net. The, the score lines from some of these games are absolutely insane. We're talking six, seven, eight, nine plus goals. And for some other teams, goalie and defensive play have been absolutely fantastic. And we're seeing one, two, three, four goal games with maybe a goal or two between the two teams. The, the games have been all over the place and it's been absolutely exciting to watch. And I cannot wait for the, uh, the, the finale, really, when four teams get to travel to Washington, D.C. for the semifinals and finals of the Caps Gaming Showcase. That's going to be on February 29th is the finale. Uh, and I believe, Joey, correct me if I'm wrong here, the playoffs after week eight will start next week on February 8th. So this is something you definitely want to tune into. Uh, it's all over Twitch, uh, you know, the Caps Twitch channel. I believe that's uh, twitch.tv slash capitals. Uh, and there's some other Chell uh, uh, influencers and commentators out there that are streaming games on their Twitch channels as well, providing some commentary as well. So definitely check that out if you have not tuned in yet. Great rundown, John. Just one more thing to touch on. The storyline behind this event is so much bigger than last year's. Last year's was the Capitals first dip into the esports scene for Chell. They did a great job with two events. They were very fun to cast. They were very exciting to be a part of as well if you ask any of the players and the production value is off the charts. This one takes it even a step further. Like you mentioned, the six man being played. The fact that we have someone playing a goalie is a huge factor to keep in mind here. But the other one, John, is the story behind this. There were so many teams that registered for this event. This has been happening for eight weeks of a regular season. A Swiss bracket, eight rounds, best of three. There's been so many games going on. So the buildup for this is so much bigger than what the other one was. Now we have all of these teams playing. We have people learning goalie. 
We have everything coming together and culminating in the playoffs. Like you said, February 8th is going to be day one of those. And then it's going to go all the way to February 29th where we will have a champion. A champion that went through grueling pain to get there. They have won so many matches to get there. They have had to go through this playoff bracket to get there. This is no small feat. This is going to be a huge, huge event. Again, the fact that goalies are being played is astounding to me. I think that's an awesome idea by the Capitals. I am so excited to see the culmination of this event and watch how these teams continue to grow through the course of the playoffs. And that's the one thing I want to hit on, too, is that grueling schedule. This was a, this was a Swiss format, essentially group stage, if you will, through eight rounds, where the better you do, the better the team you go up against next week. The worse you do then you are matched up with someone else that's kind of on the same level for you. So it's still competitive games. Joey, the top four teams that come to Washington, D.C. are going to be having played the best of the best in this tournament field for weeks, for almost eight straight weeks, and all the way through the knockout rounds to get to Washington, D.C. It is almost a 100% guarantee that you're going to get some of the best players in the world here in Washington, D.C. on February 29th for the Caps Gaming Showcase semifinals and finals. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. If you can't tell, I'm hyped. I am so hyped up for this event. It's been absolutely fun to watch. Uh, you know, some of the games do go a little late, but hey, you want to know what? That's what a sleep timer on your television or your computer <laughs> or your phone when you fall asleep, it smacks you in the face because you're holding it up. That's what happens. That's how great the the excitement of this tournament is. You, It's nonstop action. Definitely check it out if you haven't had the chance to. And again, February 29th is that magical date when someone is going to be crowned the Caps Gaming uh, Showcase winner. I can't be more excited for this. I, I feel I feel like I should be more excited, but I don't think I physically can be more excited for this. I'm so hyped for this event, and you should definitely check it out. With that, Joey, let's take a look at some of our other local esports scenes here. This past weekend, Glitch 8 went down at Xanadu up in Maryland. A massive, massive Pokemon-themed uh, Smash uh, event. Uh, so let's just do a quick recap of the results there. For the singles bracket, Tweak of TSM takes home the 3-1 win over Dark Wizzy. Uh, again, that is the singles for Glitch 8. And then the squad strike brackets for Glitch 8 as well. We see another familiar name. It is Tweak of TSM again, taking home a second title from Glitch 8. In the doubles bracket for Glitch 8, we have ESAM and MVD taking home the grand final championship for the doubles of Glitch 8 over Cosmos and Meister. Uh, Joey, this was an absolutely massive event. They had huge numbers on Twitch. A lot, I, I know a lot of people from the Smash scene here in the DMV definitely made the trip up to Xanadu in Maryland. A lot of people from outside of the DMV made the trip uh, to uh uh, Laurel, Maryland to Xanadu for this event. And it was another, uh, really a, another benchmark in the Smash esports scene that proves this, this Smash scene is growing. It's massive. The community support, the support within the players and, and the fans is absolutely insane. And at Glitch 8, it was no different. Absolutely, John. I mean, when you're looking at the fighting game community 
it is it seems like a very niche and small community and in comparison to league of legends in comparison to overwatch in comparison to like a csgo it definitely is a smaller scene but that does not mean it's lacking any passion the fighting game community has so much passion so much fire so much excitement to watch as well and honestly the mechanics like you think league of legends and mobas is crazy and it is don't get me wrong but if you look at the mechanics of fighting game i can't even keep up with some of the stuff that's happening like the shields are going on and off so quickly in smash like it is amazing to watch how these players and how they compete at the highest level on top of that you have big orgs like tsm obviously here with tweak winning a lot of people are being sent to this event john do you want to know how many attendees were at glitch 8 here hit me 930 attendees registered via smash.gg i don't even know if that includes people who showed up at the door for the event that's just people who pre-registered i'm pretty sure so i mean 930 people that is a lot of people attending an event it was a huge event it feels like it grows year after year and like i said when you're looking at the smash scene glitch is now one of the biggest events in that scene like it's continuing to grow throughout the world smash ultimate's been a huge success but glitch also a success in and of itself. It continues to grow year after year. Another wonderful performance here for Glitch 8. Joey, same topic. A little bit down the road there in Maryland. I want to switch topics over to Game Gym, our good friends over in Rockville, Maryland, where they celebrated their 30th edition of Flex uh, this past weekend. And Joey, I had the honor to swing by Game Gym for this event. I was already up in D.C. for another engagement, a, a, a town hall meeting, if you will, with the World Series uh, uh, manager of the Washington National, Davey Martinez. Uh, after that event, I made the track over to the Game Gym, hung out with Josh and the entire crew there. And, you know, for really, like, one of the, one of the handful of Smash events I've been actually able to go to in person, this was fantastic. The Game Gym was alive. The community was there supporting one another. I mean, you had Game Gym kids there helping out with production, whether it was on the Smash side or the Rival side. You know, they had the two different titles going, and it was absolutely fantastic. That place was buzzing, ton of energy, ton of uh, just ton of amazing Smash talent uh, at there at the Game Gym. And Joey, I mean, I'm right there with you. Like watching it, it's it's like jaw dropping because there's so much going on the, the timing with the shields the moves i mean when you listen to these players talk about their game they're using lingo that just makes you scratch your head and go like oh my god i need to sit down and study this for at least like five months before i ever come back to one of these events but it's absolutely amazing because you can feel and hear and see the passion and the energy uh from these smash players and at flex 30 it was no Different. So just real quick, I'm going to run down the, uh, let's see here, the results of Flex 30 at the game gym for Melee Singles. It went to the grand final. In fact, it went to a grand final reset because Juicebox, who ran through the loser's bracket, earned his way back to the grand finals, went 3-0 against, uh, ooh, 3-0 against Arcana, Arcana, Arcana. 3-0 against Arcana in the first grand final, uh, in the first round there, causing that reset, and he 3-0s him again. Juicebox taking home the Melee singles title at Flex 30 and really getting to hold on to that really cool uh, golden dumbbell. I, I absolutely love the the symbology that the game gym is using for those trophies with the golden dumbbell. I freaking love that. Ultimate singles, the grand final. It's not the same Mango from Cloud9, but
but he does go by Mango. It's Mango Dark Blade OP taking the three to win over Alaska. That was an absolutely phenomenal uh, grand final. I remember I was glued to the TV there uh, watching the stream live in person. The casters were going absolutely insane. The crowd stuck around. This was almost like at 11, 1130 at night. Tons of people still there watching this finals. It was absolutely thrilling. And Mango Dark Blade OP taking home the title for Ultimate Singles. Joey, up next at Flex 30 was the Ultimate Redemption Bracket. Uh, they were able to, if they got knocked out, they were able to buy their way into the Redemption Bracket. And the winner of the Redemption Bracket goes to MC David. Uh, again, getting knocked out of the original uh Winners and losers bracket for Flex 30 was able to get his redemption, and he marches all the way through. He entered in the second redemption round and was able to go all the way through the finals to take home the 2-0 win. So that will do it for the smash scene for Flex 30. There was one other title being played, and that was Rivals, and they had a singles uh, bracket for that as well. And the winner of that goes to Sled, who wins 3-1 over Bluest. Uh, and that is the Rivals single bracket. So big congratulations to all the winners at Flex 30 and Glitch 8. Two amazing uh, fighting game uh, events here in the DMV area. Uh, Flex is a bi-weekly event. That's something you should definitely check out. If you're not able to make it to Game Gym, definitely check them out at Game Gym Esports. That's their Twitch page, uh, social media as well. And definitely check out uh, the next time there's a major Smash event like a, a Glitch 8 or even uh, uh, Super Smash Con that takes place at the Dulles Expo Center uh, in Dulles, Virginia as well. A massive, massive event. Really, a lot of people calling it the pinnacle of the Smash scene uh, for competitive esports. Still right here in our own backyard. So definitely, if you haven't had the chance to check those out, hit up the Game Gym, hit up Super Smash Con, hit up Glitch 8. You Even if you don't understand the game, I didn't understand the game. Josh even threw me on stream where everyone learned I didn't realize that the Wii Fit Trainer was a character, which was a lot of fun. I will throw myself under the bus there. I don't <laughs> even care. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot from being able to watch uh, Flex 30 and talk to a lot of the players. Uh, so if I had the opportunity to talk to you, it was an absolute pleasure getting to know you and your game of choice. And I can see the passion and the energy behind everything you guys bring to that community. And it is very contagious. Uh, so I look forward to seeing everyone at the next Flex event and other Smash events here in the DMV. Joey, there is one other per, uh, one other organization we need to talk about. I'm going to throw it over to you because I've done enough talking right now. Joey, what's happening with our very own black and red of the DC United? John, great question. We touched on them a bit at the top of the show, but we need to talk about them a bit more. Their new player, King CJ Zero. Uh, I'm just going to call him King CJ for the heck of the show. But King CJ finished his first event he played in the EMLS League Series 1 up in Philadelphia. He finished 13th overall. Unfortunately for CJ, he did miss playoffs in this first one, but not a bad finish at all. He finished about halfway through the field, a field of 25 overall for the total. Looking at his history, though, looking at his series, he had three wins, six draws, and three losses, a goal differential of minus 1, 18, minus 19 there. If I'm looking at these stats, John, there is a lot of room to improve, but he's at a wonderful spot. Some people look at this, oh, CJ finished outside the top eight. He's not going to playoffs for the first event. But guys, CJ had six draws. 
If one of those goes the other way, two go two of those go the other way. I mean, he's only eight points out of playoffs. So I think this is a wonderful first event for CJ. I know he was disappointed with his performance. Don't beat yourself up, buddy. This is a very, very good start to the season. This is only Series 1. It was up in Philly anyway. DC and Philly, we don't always get along. So, I mean, when you're looking at it overall, you change a few of those draws over. I think CJ's got a very bright season ahead of him. I think he's coming into a great spot at DC United. They look very hungry, especially. Renato was hungry last year. He finished very well overall. Unfortunately, not able to take the crown home. CJ's got a shot here for Season 2. He's looking pretty good overall. Again, just turn some of those draws over. The goals are there. The opportunity is there. I think CJ's got a bright future ahead for season two with DC United's EMLS squad. And let's be real here. Eight points out of the playoffs is not a bad place to be sitting after your first event. I mean, you could be like the Philadelphia Union's EMLS pro and go 0-12 essentially in your first debut in your own home city that's hosting the event. And then because, you know, you're essentially the the, the, the hometown representative, you automatically get placed into the to the knockout round where you bow out, I believe the final score was like 4 nothing. It was an absolute disaster for the organization who is the defending EMLS champion in the Philadelphia Union. Um, you know, they, they signed a former NFL player who's a free agent. He was, the, I believe, the running back for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, he hasn't been able to find... Uh, a team to take him in the NFL. So now he's pray, playing professional esports, uh, professional FIFA. And, you know, it, it could be a lot worse. You could be 0 and 12 representing your own home city. So, uh, you know, King CJ again, only eight points out of first place, uh, probably not first place, but out of the playoffs. So still very doable. I don't, I don't think we can say the same thing uh, for our good friends up I 95 there in Philadelphia. And I mean, guys, I really can't stress it enough. When you look at his draws, six draws is insane. He had the most draws in the whole tournament. In the whole event, CJ had the most draws. Again, you take one or two of those, turn them into wins. He gets a little bit more aggressive around the ball. I think CJ is going to do very well in Series 2. I'm rooting for you, buddy. I think you can pull it off. And guys, now that we're heading back into the regular season of a lot of the eSport leagues, we have Overwatch League kicking back off. We have the NBA 2K League not too far down the road. EMLS is now in motion. It's going to become a lot easier to do regular episodes of GoDC once again. Uh, we're not going to have this crazy offseason where it's local events here and there, but not as much to touch on on the pro scene, not as much regular content coming in. So with that being said... Back to the top of the show, we apologize for being a little bit delayed between episodes. I think it's going to become much easier to become regular now that we see that esports scene back in the flow. John, I am excited to do some more casting with you, buddy. That will do it for this episode of Game On DC. If you enjoy listening to Game On DC, we want to hear from you. Leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also leave us a comment on Google Play and SoundCloud. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to keep up with all gaming and esports news right here in the DMV. Joey, where else can our listeners go to follow Game On DC? Listeners, head on over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to find us at Game On DC. You can also find us using hashtag GoDC. Until next time, I'm John. I'm Joey. Game, Game On, on DC. DC.